You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. Well, if you'll turn with me to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter number one. Last week I, I did this and I'm going to do it again this week. It was not my intent, but I'm going to read from three different places and, and they can bring it up on the screen quicker than what we can turn there. And so if you want to follow with us on the screen, this is our main text uh, this morning. But I just want to, it's been in my spirit to bring some things uh, together in harmony in, in the Word. And so this morning, uh, we're going to do that. We're going to look at three different verses, but they're all tied perfectly together. The book of Joshua, chapter number 1, verses 1 through 3 only, and I understand that in all of these texts, I'm cutting short of maybe what would normally be read, but uh, I'm doing it for a reason, for a purpose, just to stick with that thought. And the Bible says, verse number one, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all of this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And then chapter number three, we're going to read four verses there. The Bible says, starting in verse number uh, verse number 13, I believe I have, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of their feet, take note, the soles of their feet. The soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the, uh, the Lord of all of the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that, they, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the, from, the, from the waters and come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it will come to pass that when the people remove their tents to pass over the Jordan, that the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they who bore the ark were come unto Jordan, the feet of the priests who bore the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for the Jordan overflowed all of its banks in this time of harvest. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city of Adam that is beside Zeratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. All of Israelites passed over on dry ground, and to all of the people were passed clean over Jordan. And one more verse in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 7 simply says this, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Take note, the soles of their feet. Every place, that's the promise. Every place that the sole of their feet. And God made it come to pass when the priest stepped in the Jordan River and it's carried over to the new covenant. If you're going to live for God, you're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. I want to say this and we're going to pray. So often when we get into the Word that we're thinking, well, I don't know if this is really applicable to me or to my life. Ever question that? Okay, I've questioned that myself. The truth of the matter is, regardless of what's being preached, if the minister, and I'm putting myself in a hot seat, has listened to the Word of the Lord, that there ought to be something from every message that you can take home with you and apply to your life. 
So this morning as we preach, as we minister, I want you to not question, well, I don't know if it's for me. I want you to begin to allow the Lord to examine your heart saying, Lord, what is it that you're trying to speak to my heart in regards to this message and today? And I want to minister this thought, try to encourage you, put your feet into the water. Put your feet into the water. Will you bow your head and will you help me pray? Father, I love you. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and love. And I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. My Lord, we're blessed for every family, every individual that's already here, that's represented here today. I pray that you would touch their heart, their individual heart, move in their individual home, giving them a hunger and a desire to serve you. But Lord, with the time at hand, God, that we are now to hear your word and we're now to present your word. I'm asking you to open our ears to properly hear, anoint my, anoint our hearts, God, to be open to receive, and Lord, anoint my lips to deliver your already anointed word. I can do nothing without you, Lord, but with you, God, everything that you desire can be accomplished. Have your way this morning when we ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. Amen. Don't want any dry preaching this morning, so a little H2O. The conversation, I want to start out trying to talk to you this morning because I, I want you to think and get into your thought process just a little bit. The conversation of faith in regards to the believer is something that the church must continue to talk about. Faith can't just be a word. Faith can't just be a, a biblical word, a biblical term. But the conversation of our faith and where our faith is placed must be something that we talk about often. I want to tell you this morning something that I have made the statement of several times before, but faith to your spiritual man or faith uh, to us as believers is as important as the blood that is flowing through your veins. Faith is important to the spiritual man as the blood is to the natural man. Listen, even the Bible says that there's life in the blood. And if you have no blood in your body, you cannot live. And if you have no faith in your spiritual man, there's no life spiritually. You've not been born again. I know that's bold, but it's true. So it's okay to be bold sometimes. If there's no faith there, there's no life there. You've not been quickened. So we need to understand, in order for me to live for God, I've got to have faith. You know, sometimes in the natural body, it's not in my notes, but the blood has to be purified, has to be cleaned up. It has to get, it gets diseases, it gets issues, it gets problems, and uh, there can be something that gets into the blood. And just as that has to be purified, I'm going to go a little step further, but the, our faith in Christ needs to be checked and make sure that it's not just faith, but we got to have proper faith. Listen, faith and faith alone is no good if it's not proper faith. Think about what I'm telling you. Proper faith is faith in Jesus and what He's done on the cross of Calvary. You can't just have a religious faith. You can't just say, well, I believe. Well, that's great. What are you believing in? And if you know what you are believing in, why are you believing in that? We teach and preach that we must have faith in Jesus and what He has done for us on the cross of Calvary. No, sir, you can't separate them. They've got to be together and they both need to understood. You know, Jesus could have come and walked for 33 and a half years, but if He would have not went to the cross, not one person would have been saved. 
But the cross was no good without the, uh, the only begotten Son of God laying His life down and shedding His blood. The lambs and the sin offerings already proved you could, you could shed gallons and gallons upon gallons of blood. But if it was not the blood of the only begotten Son of God upon the cross of Calvary, it would not atone for one's sin. That's why we preach Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God and the finished work of the cross as Him accomplished everything that needs to be accomplished to bring you and I into relationship with a holy God. So the question is, if you have faith, what are you trusting in? What are you believing in? we gotta, we got to talk about it. you got to ask, because I could make you mad this morning. I could make you mad. Because a lot of the church, and the church has done it, they've polluted proper faith. If the moment that we say that you have to do this or you have to do that and you begin to trusting in what you've done, we pollute faith. It's not about what you do. It's about what you believe. And if you believe right, you will start doing right. I want to give some examples and I don't feel like it's a good time. It needs to be in a teaching setting. So I'm going to leave it like this. We need proper faith in Jesus and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. So I ask you this morning, where is your faith? Because proper faith has to be understood. It has to be, uh, it has to be continued to. I've heard people tell me, well, you say faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary a lot. Well, you know what? People say, well, you can just say faith in Christ. Don't have to say that. I understand that. I realize that. But you know, I'm not going to say this in a braggadocious way or uh, in, in any wrong error way at all. But you know, if you'll look around, we have newcomers that's coming quite often. We have visitors that are here this morning. And you know that the visitor needs to hear and they need to understand that you need to examine your faith and make sure that you're not trusting in something you do. You need to make sure that you're trusting in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit can cannot work in your life unless your faith is in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary. And I'll be a little bold, but it's still true. Listen to me, believer. You cannot make it unless you have the help of the Holy Spirit. And He cannot help you unless your faith is in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary we got to reiterate it. The newcomer needs, the new convert needs to know it's faith in Christ and what He done on the cross. Faith in Christ and what He done on the cross. Faith in Christ and what He done on the cross. Well, I'm getting tired of hearing it. Well, you need to make a trip to the altar because the born again believer does not get tired of hearing it. When somebody, the preacher says faith in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary, the born again believer is saying glory to Jesus for what He's done for me on the cross. So we need it for the newcomer, and we also, as the believer, we need it reaffirmed in our heart, in our life, because it's so easy to move our faith. I need it reaffirmed. I need to check. I need to allow the Holy Spirit. I promise I'll get to my text. We want to, we got to live by faith and proper faith in Christ and what He done on the cross of Calvary. Now let me try to talk. I tried starting out, but let me, I'll just give it an honest attempt. Many want to live by faith. They want to live with their salvation secure in Christ, but not really walk by faith. Does that make sense this morning? Many want to live by faith, but not really walk by faith. We want to know that our salvation is secured, but I don't want to really 
give my life now to Jesus and live for him. I know I'm preaching good when it gets that quiet. So I want to live by faith, but I don't want to walk by faith. In other words, I want to get saved and I want to stay kind of where I'm at because this is a place of comfort. I don't want to begin to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit because if I follow him, I might have to let go of something. If I follow him, I don't really know where he's going, but I know where I'm at now and it's okay with where I'm at right now. I want, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but few want to live for Jesus. Amen. So we want to live, but not really walk. We want salvation, but not really to follow after Christ. And we uh, have emphasized, and we should emphasize faith. But I, I, I wonder this morning if we have brought into harmony, and I'll, I'll, take the pl- I'll take the blame this morning. Have we brought into harmony faith without, oh, here's one we don't like. Without works is a dead faith. Oh, I'm good. I'm preaching good. Because even the demons believe <laughs> and they tremble. But have we brought into harmony? We, we look, we shout. I mean, y'all will shout when we start talking about faith, when we start talking about being justified. But then when we get to sanctified and your faith ought to produce works, hey, whoa, 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 let's back up. I don't want to go there. But faith without works. Is a dead faith. James taught it. And the church has polluted this because they're actually teaching that your works produces faith. Got the cart before the horse. Cart ain't going to do you no good without a horse. Works does not produce faith. You can't just do something because you want to do it if you didn't really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, if you didn't really hear from the Lord and say, oh, I've got great faith. Here's the problem with that. The church has shot itself in the foot because there's a lot of born-again believers that love God that want to put the emphasis on self and upon me. And they say, well, the Lord told me to do this and God's going to bless me. I know that God works with that. I'm being careful. I'm treading carefully. But what has happened is there's been a lot of moments such as that that has happened when the individual never heard from God in the first place. So they made the profession and said, God's going to do this. And then God never done it. So there's a lot of people thinking that God failed. No, God didn't fail. The problem was there was somebody that said, oh, I heard the word of the Lord and they didn't really hear the word of the Lord. I know I'm being careful. I know religion is rising up and and we're all getting irritated, but I just want you to know this morning, it's not helped the church. If you say that God spoke to your heart, then listen, you need to know that God spoke to your heart. We've polluted that. The church has polluted that because proper faith will always produce proper works. It's not works produces faith. You don't do something and show everybody that you've got faith. You hear a word from the Lord and when you hear the word from the Lord, you take that step of faith and you watch God do what He promised that He would do. Amen? All right. In my spirit this morning, I'm I'm going to, this third time, but I'm going to attempt to back up and talk a little bit. I feel it needful this morning to challenge this congregation to not just live by faith, but listen to what I'm saying, to walk by faith, to not just live by faith, but to walk by faith, 
To put your foot in the water, spiritually speaking, figuratively speaking. That was a hard word for me. Figuratively speaking. To put your foot in the water as Israel had to do. And saying that, I want to add this, and I want you to think about what I'm saying. I know this morning that when we talk about the believer taking a step by step of faith, when we're asking them to step out, the individual to step out in faith, that whatever you're facing and whatever the Lord has put in your heart to step out into, that's not an easy step. So I'm, I'm not the man this morning that is up here condemning you because you've been standing on the bank of the river. I'm not up here this morning saying you're not saved because you won't follow after God. That's not my place. I'm just the person that is up here encouraging you that if the Lord has put something in your heart and you know what the next step is in order to, 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 to be obedient to the Lord, I'm the person up here this morning encouraging you to step on out and put your foot in the water and see what the Lord will do for you. Now you need to know it'll make you pray. You need to know that it was the Lord. But if the Lord spoke it to you, He's not going to change your mind. You can walk to that riverbank day after day after day after day and looking for dry ground. But until you make that step of faith, the Lord is going to sit right there and be and just be just sitting there. I already told you what I wanted you to do. I've learned in my short time, my short life in serving the Lord that God does not have to repeat Himself to me. When he speaks, I know it. And if I go back to second guess, he's just already spoke. Let me say this. Walking by faith is, is presented as easy a lot of times, but I know that it can be a mountain. It can be hard. Abraham was told to go down to Bethel, but he had to stop and camp at the altar for a little while. And if you have to stop and camp at the altar the other while, a little while, Stop and camp at the altar. Lord, I know what you're wanting me to do. I know the step you're wanting me to make, but it's hard. It's difficult. God knows that. Just don't turn around and go back to where you was. Camp at the altar and have a conversation with the Lord about it. Listen, we live in the natural and we're dependent upon what we see and what we hear. To trust in the influence of the Holy Spirit upon our heart against the natural is not an easy thing. Think about what I'm saying. I'm going to get to our text in just a minute. It's not an easy thing, but it's possible. It's not an easy thing, but it's possible. We live in the natural. Everything that we're dependent upon, I want to grab a hold of it. I want to see it. I want to hear it. I want it to make sense to me before I step out and do something. I've talked to, let me back up. And when we get so used to being dependent upon the natural, it's hard for us to step out and believe God in the spiritual realm. So I want to encourage you this morning. We move to our text. To step into the water, put your foot into the water, and whatever step it is that God is asking you to take. It's important this morning for me to note some differences between Moses and Joshua, because that's how our text begins. I want you to think about this this morning, their differences in their leadership. Both of them are to be honored because both of them were God's man for the time that God raised them up. And as we journey, as they journeyed across the wilderness, 
It was not Joshua's place to bring the children of Israel across the wilderness. And it was not Moses' place to bring them into the promised land. Both of them are significant. There's absolutely nothing that we can take away from them this morning. But there's some things that you need to know. Think about this. Moses is a type of Christ in regards to the mediator of Jesus Christ and our, our mediator to the Father, but he also represents the law. Do you know a prayer that is prayed and not prayed in the name of Jesus is not a biblical prayer? I made friends there. In thy name we pray. In whose name you pray? You know what the Lord's listening for? In Jesus' name. And the moment he hears, in Jesus' name, then he says, Father, Steve's down there asking for this. He's petitioning you for this. That's what he's looking for. We can pray all day long, but if we don't pray a prayer in the name of Jesus, then there's no good. Why? Because Jesus has ascended back to the Father. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and He's there to intercede for you and I. Moses is a type of what Jesus Christ would do and complete and fulfill right now. He's a mediator. What did He do? He goes between the children of Israel, and He petitions God for the needs of children of Israel. Joshua was a type of Jesus Christ also but he was a type of him as a great high priest that would give the believer access directly to the presence of God and to the throne room of God. Jesus was a mediator. Jesus was our great high, or is our great high priest. Jesus, because of what he's done on the cross of Calvary, has given you access to the very presence of the Most High God. Moses was a type. Joshua was a type. But they were two different types in regards to what Christ would fulfill on the cross of Calvary. Here's what I want you to know. Moses, a mediator. Joshua, the great high priest. Moses was a type of the law. Joshua was a type of entrance by faith. Uh, the law brought us as far. Let's disregard the law. Let's don't disregard the law. The law done what it's supposed to do. It brought us as far as what it could bring us. Moses brought the children of Israel as far as what he could bring them. But he never got to cross over into the promised land. Look, the law should bring you to the place that you realize that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the law cannot produce righteousness in you. It takes faith in order to do this. Watch this. Moses could go as far as just the law, but Joshua brought them and began to set the foundation of faith by which we live and which we walk. Moses, because of his position, he was kind of on the outside looking into the children of Israel. I'm not trying to bore you with study this morning, but there's some things that you need to know. He's on the outside looking in, and he's being a mediator. Moses did not, uh, he did not dwell in the bondage of Egypt. He grew up in the palaces of of Egypt. But one day when the Lord began to move on his heart, he said, I no longer belong here. I'm leaving. I'm heading out. He killed one of the soldiers and made his way to the mountain and he come back in as a murderer, as an outcast, and he said, I am the deliverer that God has sent you. And they're like, huh, surely God's got somebody better than this. Moses on the outside looking in, he just kind of steps in. But Joshua, watch this, he was always with them. This is what I want you to see. Moses outside looking in, Joshua is one of them. He's one of them. He's living with them. He's walking with them. Moses, 
He did everything and he emphasized, he always emphasized that the people wanted something, you had to go to Moses. You better go to Moses. They begin to whine and cry. Moses, we're hungry. And Moses went to the Lord. Moses, we're thirsty. And Moses went to the Lord. Moses, the fiery serpents. And Moses went to the Lord. But the people were not going to God individually. They had to go through Moses. But Joshua, on the other hand, was a spiritual leader that encouraged them, Moses is dead. Moses is gone. I'm with you. And I'm going to talk to the Lord, but I'm going to lead you the same way that God's leading me. You don't have to just depend upon a man. We're going to have to go to the Lord, and we're going to have to take the steps of faith that God orders for us. That's the difference. Moses was the one that was in between. Joshua, yes, in between, but a spiritual leader that encouraged them to look to Christ theirself. Let me tell you something this morning. If an evangelist, if a preacher, if a pastor points you to them and emphasizes theirself, you tell them, I give you permission to run as far away as what you can. If I don't point you to Jesus Christ, I'm a false prophet and I'm not doing my job. I can't heal you. I can't deliver you. I can't save you. But I know somebody that can. And my job is to point you to Jesus Christ. Moses, he was, when the waters were bitter, Moses said, Lord, what do I do? He said, get a tree and cast in it, and the waters were made whole. When they were thirsty, he spoke to a rock, and the water flowed out of the rock. When they didn't like the manna from heaven, can you imagine not liking manna from heaven? The children of Israel, they were, this sounds horrible, but I'm still going to say it. They were such crybabies. They were crying about manna from heaven. So God said, well, okay, give them some quail to go with it. So they got some quail. And then they were, they were okay for a little while. But they had to go to Moses. Joshua said this, you know what? The Lord told us to put our feet in the water. And then he said, hey, God told us to march around Jericho walls. Joshua was with them. When it came time for Caleb to take Hebron, he said, Caleb, go ahead. If you believe and trust in the Lord, oh, I believe. It's been 45 years, but I'm just as strong as what I've ever been. I'm going up to take the good land. Oh, but the Anakims are there, and they're the strongest of all. And he said, I don't care. The Lord said, I can have it. And by faith, he went up and he took the good land. The battle's not even elaborated on because there wasn't much of a battle. Caleb just went up there and said, you can leave or I'll kill you. And he took the good land. Now, here's the differences, and this is what I want to leave in your mind as we get to the text. Moses was kind of outside looking in. Everything that accomplished had to go through him. But Joshua put a responsibility on the individual walk of faith. You get that? The individual, he's with them, and the individual walk of faith. Now let me take you to the bank of the river, and I hope in your mind, your mentality, that you will go with me to the bank of the river, standing at the Jordan of River. This was the step of faith that they were facing. By this time, in chapter 3, they already had the promise. The Lord said this, every place, that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. I'll give it to you. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I'll give it to you. Now watch this. That's the promise. Joshua said, the Lord said, Joshua, 
Just be strong and be of good courage. Just as I'll be with Moses, I'll be with you. So the day had come and they walked up and they got to the Jordan River. And they already got the promise. Every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon. Standing at the Jordan River, while they're standing there, Joshua comes back and he says this. The Lord said, we've got an order we've got to go by. Bring me the high priest and put them in the front of the line. Jesus, the type there of the high priest. Or the high priest there was a type of Christ. He said, get the ark, which was a type of the presence of God. And then he says this, children of Israel, we're standing on the bank. But he said for that river to part, you're going to have to reach out and you've got to put your foot in it. Now receiving the promise is one thing. But when you're standing at a river that's 100 foot wide at least because it was wider than normal at this time. It had been overflown. And all of a sudden, now had come the time. I'm going to say it like we would say it in just regular terms. That they would have to have to put up or shut up. You're going to take a step into the river? Are you going to stay there and look at the water as it flows by? Because the promise was, on the other side of this river, there's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. There's a land that God had promised you, an inheritance that God had promised you. You've just spent 38 years extra in the wilderness to get here. Are you going to step into the river? There's some people that's lived for God for a long time. Love God and, and, and live for the Lord. But come to a place in their life when God says, all right, this is your next step of faith. And we refuse and we say, I'm just not going to, I'm just not ready to make that step of faith. They're standing at the break of the river. Now think about this. you got to put yourself where they're at and kind of uh, allow the Scripture to, to come alive. But they're standing there and the struggle begins. Will I trust in what the Lord has said? Or will I look at the natural and let that be making sense to me? Will I allow the natural to overflow what the Lord has already promised me? Or will I believe the Word of God and take that step of faith? I want to give you good advice this morning. One believer that the Lord, the one thing that the believer should always do when you're faced with a next step of faith, you ought to take a moment. You ought to camp at the altar just a little bit. And one thing that you don't need to leave out is to begin to recall all all that the Lord has done for you. And if I begin to think about Joshua and the children of Israel, if they got to the break of the river, the moment when they are actually going to have to take a step in faith. They never had to do this before. All before they went to Moses and Moses made it happen. But now they're going to have to step out in faith on their own. But if they was to recall back, they could recall this. Well, we've been here before. God parted the Red Sea and He dried it up. I guess if He could do that, He could part the Jordan River. 
We've been here before because we've been hungry. And the Lord gave us manna from heaven and he made quail to fall. I remember as we fought the Amalekites and every enemy that we ever fought. And the Lord gave us victory even though we're not even warriors. We're just farmers. I remember a time when we were thirsty and there was in a, dry, in a desert land. There was nothing but a rock. But God told Moses to speak to that rock. And water flowed from that rock. i got to believe when they're standing on the bank of the river they begin to think about the record of God and they recalled a lot of things but they could not recall one single time that God ever failed them I recall own things in my life there's been times in my own individual life my own walk with God I begin to think about and everybody think, well, it's not no big deal. This building a church is, is a major deal. I've never done that. That's a step of faith that I've never had to walk in. I'm driving the board crazy to make sure that we get everything like we need it. My, me and my wife are driving and we're meeting with people and talking to them about different things, trying to dot every I and cross every T and then double check and then triple check and talk to the Lord. And it's made me pray. I mean, it's made me pray. But when I begin to look back and I begin to think, I remember financial needs when I've had to close my shop up and say, God, here it is. I've paid my tithes. I've paid my offering. I need a financial blessing. And before two weeks was over, I was so backed up that I didn't know which way I needed to go first. I remember a time when my marriage was broke and me and Sister Becky was looking at a divorce because we didn't like each other anymore and couldn't stand to be around each other. But the Lord didn't just restore he restored and made it better than what it ever was. I remember praying for my mom and my dad and marking that off the list. I remember praying for restoration and different things in my life and God always came through. But one thing I can't find, I just can't find where He ever failed or ever forsaken me. So if I'm standing on the brink of the river, if I'm standing on the bank of the river, Yes, I don't care what step of faith it is. I've had to make steps of faith, but guess what I'm going to do? The next step of faith, I'm going to say, I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to begin to recall some things and I'm going to say, Lord, I need strength to make that next step. I need to know that it's you. I need to hear your voice. I need this. I need that. But I want to recall the fact that God has never failed me. He's never forsaken me. He's never let me down. And my friend, if you was to come to the table and try to argue that God has forsaken you, you'd be the only one that ever happened to, and you would not just be that, but you would not be telling us the truth. He's not forsaken. He's not failed. I think back, and I want to ask you this morning, has God ever failed you? Has He ever forsaken you? After we've eliminated the fact that God's never failed, and here's what we got to do. I believe you, Lord. Here's what we do. Here's what I do. I better put myself here. Here's what I do. I trust you, Lord. I'll go, Lord. If that land is mine, that I want to live there and I want to dwell there, I'll put my foot in the water. I will rejoice. I will shout. Let me go back. Chapter 1. Every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon. Chapter 3. I'm standing i got to back up again. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon. Lord, here's, here's the way I am. This probably ain't you, but this is the way I am. Lord, I don't care what it is in front of me. I'm going to take that stamp. I may even jump on it and dance on it a little bit. You know why? Because I'm feeling pumped up spiritually. Okay. 
Good thing I left everybody out of it. I'm feeling pumped up and excited spiritually. I don't know what comes my way, but I'm going to take that step. Lord, you're looking for somebody to use. Just use me, Lord. Let me be the one. Consider your servant Steve, because when it comes time for me to take that step, I'm going to step out there, and I'm going to let everybody see that you're alive and that you kept your word. I don't care if it's a giant. I don't care if it's a river. I don't care if it's a sea. Bring the mountain on. Bring the valley on, Lord. Whatever it may be, I'm going to take Take that step of faith and then chapter 3 I get to the brink of the river Lord I don't know about this I don't know about this Lord well what you know how far I made it to my first step that's how spiritually puffed up I was I got to the first step well the Lord's saying well if you just put your foot in the water I'll, I'll part it this is what we do I, not we this is what I do Lord, I believe you can part that river. No doubt. Did it at the Red Sea. I believe there's going to be dry ground for me to walk across. I don't see it yet, though, so I'll be back tomorrow. Check and make sure. Lord, there ain't a doubt in my mind you can part that river. There ain't a doubt in my mind. I don't know if you're going to raise up dry ground. I don't know if you're going to put a dam back there. I don't know what you're going to do. but uh, It's not there yet, but you need to know I believe you so much. Be back tomorrow morning. Check, see if it's there. As soon as I see it, I'm going to start walking across there. The Lord's thinking, man. There's no telling what the Lord thinks about me sometimes. <laughs> He's saying, no. I told you to put your foot in the water. I told you to put your foot in the water. Well, Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to put my foot in the river. Maybe that's what he meant. Put my foot in the riverbed after the water's already gone. Maybe that's what he meant. See, sometimes, I can't put you there because that would be mean, but sometimes I begin to second guess. Maybe that's what the Lord meant. Hey, Abraham, maybe God didn't mean me and you. Maybe he meant you and Hagar. Lord, maybe I don't see pavement or concrete. I don't know how you're going to do it. Maybe you're just going to, I'm going to wake up and there's going to be a new bridge over it. And then I'll walk over it, Lord, because I believe. Oh, I believe my faith is strong. I'm preaching good. And it's just not there. So we get comfortable just checking. Because in our spirit, we're kind of believing a half-truth. I said we. I'm sorry. Not none of y'all. Just me. I kind of believe a half-truth. The Lord should be proud of me. He's probably patting me on the back because I'm coming and checking the river. When really he's rolling his eyes. And he's saying, put your foot in the water. Just put your foot in the water. They probably get to the point where Jesus looks at the Father and says, he's making his journey to the river again. Oh, I'm not even going to watch. I'm not even going to watch. And then here we start believing a half-truth and we get comfortable doing what we're doing. It's a whole other message, but we can fall in the same gap that Manasseh, the tribe of Manasseh did. Half of the tribe of Manasseh came all the way to the Jordan River, and then they said, hey, we're cattlemen, and there's grass on this side of the river. We like this side of the river. Is it okay if we just camp on this side of the river? They still had to go fight, but then they could come back and camp on that side of the river, and they lived out their life. Right, Half the tribe of Manasseh lived on that side of the river. What they didn't understand was that's the wrong side of the river, and too many believers are camping out on the wrong side of the river. It's the other side where the blessing is.
Look, you can, we can check daily. We can be saved. We can love God. We can stand at the river. But here's what's not going to happen. He's not going to do you like I do my little brother when we go to the swimming pool. He's not going to shove you in. He's not going to shove you in. You heard the word of the Lord. You got the promise of God. He brought you to the place where he's going to confirm his promise. He's not going to get behind you and make you dive in or shove you so where you make a big splash. He's saying you take a step. Take a step. Stick your foot in the water. If you want all that God has for us, then we're going to have to put our foot in the water. Abraham, take Isaac up on the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. And he did. But before he took his life, the Lord stopped him and said, now I know. And everything started coming together. Elijah, build that altar. Stand against 450 prophets of Baal. God didn't show up with fire until after he built that altar. The three Hebrew children, one of my favorite examples, I always thought God would have moved when they were just standing there by themselves. Been a good time for me. But he took them all the way into the furnace where he was waiting on them. I want to ask you this morning what step of faith is the Lord asking you to take? What step of faith is God asking you to take? I want to ask you another question. How long are you going to go back to the river daily to see if he's already parted it when he's already given instructions? Is it a step in regards to salvation? Has the Lord been dealing with your heart and you're almost at the point where you say, God, I'm not saved. I'm not sure about my eternal life. And I'm asking you to come into my heart and forgive me of all of my sins. Is it a family issue that the Lord has brought you up to and stopped you at the brink of the river? Is it a financial issue? What is it? Is it something in your own life, a bondage or something in your own life where the Lord brought you up to the brink of the river, already give you the promise on the other side is what I've got for you. That's where deliverance is. That's where you're going to find the blessing. What step is he asking you to take? Because if you're a believer this morning and you're living by faith, we got to walk by faith. So I know that there's something. Every single one of us, spiritually speaking, are standing at the Jordan River, a little hesitant about sticking my foot in the water. Oh, it's good preaching. I want you to know this morning, if you begin to recall back in your life, in your own heart, I'm going to quit. You'll find that God's been faithful. He didn't bring the children of Israel to the Jordan River to drown them. He brought them to the Jordan River to take them back to a moment when they knew that the Lord was with them when they headed out across the wilderness and he brought them back to the Red Sea. 
He began to recall all the things in their mind, how that God swallowed up the enemy in the Red Sea. He swallowed up those that held them in bondage, and that they crossed over the Jordan River. Every enemy that come against them would be swallowed up in victory as long as they believed him. So I don't know what it is that you're facing, that you're looking at. I'm not here to tell you that shame on you for not taking that step. I'm here this morning with a different message than what I planned. I had all laid out, done some, I felt like good study this week. And yesterday the Lord began to deal with my heart about this. So I just come to ask you this morning, what is that step of faith that God is trying to get you to take? Will you help me, Jeff? Father, I love you this morning. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and love. I thank you, Jesus. You've never brought us to anything and asked more of us, God, than what you are already able to accomplish in us and through us. Lord, as I stand this morning amongst this congregation, I stand with them, God. Lord, living in the natural, it's a struggle for us to take a step of faith sometimes, God. But if we look back, we will know that your record is flawless. You've never one time let us down. You never failed. And God, this morning, it will be like every other time. If we'll pick our foot up and put it in the brink of the water, you'll part that river too. And we will receive the blessing and everything that you have, in, have given us as a promise of our inheritance. God, it's not your will for any individual to be at a place where they quit growing, to be at a place where they no longer are receiving from you. You've got so much more to give than what we could ever receive. This morning, I'm asking you to do something I can't do. I'm praying that you would move upon hearts this morning. I don't know what they're, they're looking at, God. I don't know what you've asked of them. But I know that you will give them strength and power. If you've spoken to their heart, Lord, you've done it for a reason. And we can't deny that. We can't put it away. I pray this morning that you would do a work in the heart of your people, Lord. And then we ask it in Jesus' name. This morning, my altar call is simply this. I'm the last guy that will make light of your situation. I've talked with enough people. I've dealt with enough families to know. Sometimes people know exactly what they need to do. But it's so hard and such a struggle that they found their, find themselves just held up. Wanting to make that step. Desiring to make that step. But in the flesh and the natural, our own thought process fights us so hard that sometimes we just find ourselves staring at the very river that God's wanting to part. This morning, I've done my best to be obedient to the Lord. And my altar call is simply this. You don't need a fresh word from God. What we need is people to pray for us that our faith would not fail and that we would have the strength 
to step on into the water. Brother Jeff sang it earlier. You've brought me safe thus far. He's not going to bring you thus far to leave you. You can climb that mountain. You can navigate through that valley. You can this morning cross that river if the Lord has put that in your heart. So this morning my altar call is simple. I want to ask you to stand all across the building. And I want to invite you this morning. If you're here and you say, that's me. The Lord's been dealing with me about it. But I've been hesitant and I'm standing on the river. I'm standing on the bank. But I want the courage to be able to jump on in. And let the Lord part that. And receive everything that He has for me. I'm not going to ask you this morning just to come and kneel. I'm going to ask you to come and stand across the front of the building. Because there's several. Look, there may be some that don't come. But this morning, this altar call, this I'm not trying to be anybody that I'm not, but the truth of the matter is all of us will be brought to a place where it's going to be hard to make that step of faith. So my altar call is this, that the Lord has dealt with your heart this morning. You say, it's time for me to take that step. I just want the courage to be able to do it. I'm going to ask you to come. We're going to gather around you. We're going to begin to pray for you. We're going to seek God for you. We're going to ask the Lord to, that your faith would not fail. We're not going to ask you what you're facing. We're not going to ask you what you're going through. That's none of our business. Our business is to stand shoulder to shoulder. Bear one another's burdens. Believe God for you to give you the courage to take that step of faith and to trust the Lord this morning. Come on, would you come? Come on, would you come? I don't care if the front's full already. We'll make two rows. We'll wrap around. If that's you this morning. Come up front. Do whatever you have to do. Come on, anybody else? You want to come? Okay, I need some believers. I'm calling upon the entire congregation. If you would help me, we need your help this morning. Gather behind. Gather in front. Everybody here needs people around them praying for them. Would you help us this morning? Come on, Faith Worship Center. I need your help this morning. Come on, I need your help. Your brother, your sister struggling, looking at a step of faith that we've got to make you can get in front of them there's more room up front if you need to gather around in front I just want you to gather around I don't care how many comes here's our prayer if you came this morning for prayer I want you to just begin to talk to the Lord. God, here am I. I'm staring at this same old river once again. Lord, I'm asking by faith that you would give me the courage to put my foot in the water. Give me the courage to put my foot in the water and to see that water to be parted. We're going to come around and we're going to begin to pray for you. There's others that's behind you that's going to start praying for you right now. But I want you to ask the Lord. God, help me to have the courage 
Help me to believe you enough to put my foot in the water and to trust you this morning. Come on, congregation. If you're not up here, will you bow your head and will you begin to pray for these? Your brother, your sister that's struggling, will you pray for them this morning? Hallelujah. Your faithfulness has walked beside me. Winter storms made way for spring. And every season from where I'm standing, and I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. And I see your promises in fulfillment. All over my life, all over my life. You me remember when I'm weak. Oh, the fear may come and fear may only. Will you lead my heart into victory? Stand, always will be, and I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life, and I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life. All over my life, all throughout my history, Lord, your faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms made way for spring, and every season. Where I'm standing, and I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life, and I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Help me remember when I'm weak. The fear will come, the fear will leave. Leave my heart into victory. You are my strength, and you always will be. And I see. All over my life, and I see your promises in fulfillment. All over my life, all over.
If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.